0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.
1: Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Recently talked to the one, the only Patrick O'Hara from briefing.com. He said something kind of interesting about how many homes in the United States are over 30 years old. It's a large percentage. And I noticed recently my home in the Bay Area is over 30 years old, and we've been getting pounded on rain. And I've started to notice a little bit of wood rot in a little bit of areas where the roof's not quite right. And we're talking maybe a total inch, uh, maybe a total of, you know, wet wood of, you know, maybe one to two inches most but I'm the kind of guy that does preventative maintenance because I don't want that to turn into a whole side of a house that needs to be replaced, or a whole quarter of a side, or a eighth of a quarter of a side. I want inches that I could patch up with either you know, bodywork or a little bit of paint. We are in another atmospheric storm. And I've read studies in California that storms rainstorms are projected to cost tens of billions of dollars going on in the future the way they've been dumping on us in this here we go. You know, last night Sugar Bowl, which is the top of Donner Summit, Donner Summit. So it's it's the one ski resort that I look at for weather because it's the one that you have to get through in order to get to the others. Essentially, you can go to South Tahoe, but who wants to go to South Tahoe? Um, twenty three inches overnight, twenty eight inches so far. Tonight they're calling for another foot of snow today. And two feet tonight, so three more feet plus a foot on Wednesday. Four more feet, that's four feet, five feet, six feet, plus so far from the storm as it ends on Wednesday. That's a lot of money that it's costing California. Tons of money. But think about the damage it does to homes. And that's why you do want to own something like a Home Depot or a Lowe's long-term patient investor. There's other stocks you can own, like William Snow, if you want to go that direction. But I'll tell you what, there's a good chance I have to go to Home Depot or one of the, I'd say Ace Hardware, but they always keep to be closing around where I am. So even when Home Depot says the quarter wasn't that great, I'm still saying there's a lot of homes in the United States that are kind of old. And as I get older, I need more patchwork done on me so I can kind of see where that's going, right? Macy's is going to cut 100 management jobs and trim 100 million in annual costs. I can't invest in that. I, I I know people who do, and they say people have been fired. That's a good time to buy. Historically, I just can't do that. Amtrak train stranded with 183 people on board after hitting a tree. Now, I'm stunned that Amtrak is still in business because they seem on the East Coast when you're working uh, between New York and Washington and Philly. It's a slow commute, uh, but workers are trying to free an Amtrak train with 183 passengers on board that have been struck uh, stuck there since Sunday after hitting a tree that fell on the tracks near Eugene, Oregon. <laughs> That's still a story. They've been hit. They've been stuck since Sunday. I, uh, there's another stuck story recently. Speaking of, of uh, snow in Lake Tahoe, North Star. one of the lifts got stuck over the weekend. People were stuck on it. 300 people were stuck for three hours. Could you imagine if you sent your eight-year-old kid up by himself on that lift, and he has to sit there for three hours in the cold, he has to pee, Uh, he's hungry, he doesn't know when to start, if he gets kind of edgy, he slips out and dies. Um, Yeah, so in this day and age, things still break down. So Amtrak has 183 people stuck since Sunday, and it's kind of interesting because... Um, parents have started to leave the train to go get, like, um, there's ample food on on board. They've kept passengers on the train because electricity is out in Oak Ridge, but Oak Ridge is close enough, but they're having a rough winter themselves. So, interesting, right? right, We still live in a world, we're thinking about going to Mars, but we still live in a world where people get stuck in trains for days. I don't know, that hits me as kind of interesting. Oh, there's a beer alliance. I know you're saying, I knew it! They're the people who kept me out of college. No, 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 that's not what kept you out of college. But there is a beer alliance. Maybe they, maybe beer kept you out of college. But Anheuser-Busch, Molson Coors, Heineken and Constellation Brands have been talking about teaming up and creating a beer alliance to create a national ad campaign to say beer is good. Drink more beer. Ah, beer, it does a body good, right? I <laughs> know you're saying you're stealing ad campaigns for milk and Chick-fil-A. I know. That's what they're going to do, probably, right? But because Anheuser-Busch did a Super Bowl ad with Bud Light, and they basically targeted two Molson Coors beers for using corn syrup, Molson Coors said, we're out. (laughs) You can't do that to us. Oh, and the craft beer makers growing at 5% a year are like, okay. (laughs) You guys keep fighting over your corn syrup issue. Coors Light has the best uh, ticker symbol, TAP, T-A-P. It's not the best, but it's not bad. Budweiser... Anheuser-Busch used to be uh, Bud, B-U-D, but they got kind of acquired by a bigger company and kind of turned into AB Bev. I know, that's all out there. Michael Cohen is expected to tell Congress that Trump broke the law while in office. Tomorrow could be one of those days that, well, Trump might want to get out of the country. Oh, Trump is out of the country. He's in Vietnam because he's doing a summit with Kim Jong-un. But former Trump personal lawyer and fixer Michael Cohen He's going to start a three-day gauntlet of congressional appearances by giving a closed-door interview to the Senate Intelligence Committee. Trump's former fixers is expected to detail what he claims to know about Trump's contacts with Russia, hush payments made prior to the 2016 election, and other sensitive matters. Tomorrow could be one of those days where I wouldn't be surprised if the market's down a 1,000 points or up a 1,000 points. You never know when you're talking about president and criminal activity if it's going to be a sigh of relief or if it's going to be a let's get freaked out. Let's take off the gloves. I don't know. I'm not a political analyst in any way, shape, or form. I don't pretend to be. Um, I'm not going to be starring in the remake and reboot of West Wing, but I could. If Janine Garofalo could be in West Wing, I could be in West Wing. I base everything in the world on Janine Garofalo, just for the record. If she could do it, I could do it, right? No. Facebook is showing great willingness to axe news programming that's not working with Facebook. Um, so it's kind of interesting. Facebook want the podcast with music. I don't know find I the really link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His d- handle is know, at Rob Black Show. Listen to politics, Rob Black Facebook? and your money weekday morning seven to nine, 9 on AM twelve twenty But There is something that the politics could ultimately bite them in the heinie. Facebook rolled out its first set of daily and weekly news shows from publishers such as ABC News, CNN, Business Insider, and now this. Facebook has launched 21 news shows on watch, including CNN's Anderson Cooper, Full Circle, BuzzFeed's profile, and Univision's Real America with Jorge Ramos. Um, So Facebook wants to have your eyeballs. YouTube wants to have your eyeballs. Netflix wants to have your eyeballs. ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox wants to have your eyeballs. How many eyeballs you got? I'm Rob Black. Fortnite has your eyeballs, but they lost a lot of steam in January. Can they pick it back up with season eight coming out this week? I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Big seminar coming up. Sometimes I talk about what you should be doing in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s. Sometimes I talk about the retirement years. I really want to get you to retirement. That's the goal. Um, And then we can start figuring it out from there, so to speak. How much is... Your magic number I wish I could tell everyone You know That we're all the same But we're not Um, I spend a little bit more Than I want to I You know I, I admit that So And that's something I'm good with. So, my budget's gonna be different than yours. My final goals are gonna be different than yours. But I didn't really start getting serious about investing. I didn't really start getting serious about retirement, probably until my 40s. But in my 30s, I knew it was kind of something to think about. Again, for me, I saw my dad work till the day he died. So, my motivation has really turned from like making you all the money in the world with tech stocks to, and I, I don't mind doing that. I'll do a tech stock show anytime you want me to but you got to tell me what you want. So in your 30s you want to you know, it's different than your 20s. Like I said, you know, in your 20s you can have some fun. And you're kind of learning. But in your 30s you want to pay off all your non-mortgage debt. Um you want to get started, you know, that that albatross of student debt. It should be gone in your early 30s, if not sooner. Um, I know, I know, I, my last student debt payment was uh, early 30s, right? So I'm practicing what I'm preaching here. Uh, if you pay off all your non-mortgage debt, it sets you up for other things you know, in life. So instead of sending money to your student, like for instance, there's, there's the dumbest piece of advice, but I've heard it so many times. Uh, so when you're done paying off your student's debt, it's just send what you were paying on your student debt to a savings account. Okay, yeah, you could do that. Nothing frees up cash like paying off debt. And cash flow is kind of going to be important a little later in life. Um, I think you kind of want to kick the debt cycle altogether. There was a point in time where I think, yes, I I want to say I bought a a stereo system that I financed. There was a company called Circuit City. And I'm like, I'm 22, 23. I'm like, I want a stereo. Like, I want to kick in stereo. And, uh, you know, they're more than glad to sell you $1,000 to a kid who could barely afford to, you know, scratch his butt. Um, so you get into these dumb little things. And you want to start thinking about retirement in your 30s. Your 20s, time to start thinking about investing. Your 30s, time to start thinking about retirement. Just get it in your head. Have some goals. Have a budget. Have a number. You need to figure out, you know, times now... Now you only have 30 years. An example that I like to use, because it's the easiest one, is if you make $100,000 a year, you're going to make $4 million in your life if you work for 40 years. So can you live off, well, can you live off $4 million? Oh, no, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. Just because you make 4000000 million doesn't mean you saved $4 million, right? Um, out of that 4000000 million, let's say... 30 percent went into housing costs maybe up to 50 percent so take that four million and cut it down to you know two and a half to three million of what you're going to earn in a lifetime and then you you know slash the the food slash the the vacation slash the car payments, slash the house payments and the house payment the nice thing is you are paying yourself rent So, in your 30s, you want to start diversifying some of your investments. You don't just want to say, I'm going to just do the 401k. You want to see, you know, um, you kind of want to balance your portfolio. You kind of want to get some different assets going. But with your stocks, you know, you want, you decide. Do you want 50% large cap, 20% mid, 20% small, 10% international? Do you want... 30% 30% large, 30 like, are you going for more growth? You would want to probably skew towards international and small. But I'm not going to tell you how to do that right here, right now. We'll do that another show. In your 30s, do something cool. Like, do you remember when you were a kid and you got Highlights Magazine? It was awesome. Some aunt of yours would always buy you highlights and send it, you know, you get like a year subscription. Right? Um, you were learning. And as a kid, your parents said, read books, read books, read books, because they want you to continue to learn. In your 30s, I want you to read a financial book so, or maybe a newspaper like Barron's or get a subscription to, I don't even know, Money Magazine, The Economist. Just start reading a little bit more. Continue to learn you want to have a good foundation in your thirties and that means start protecting some of your assets. I'll be honest with you. I did not have life insurance in my twenties in my thirties. I started to get some life insurance and I only went with term life. I didn't go with whole life. I didn't go with variable life. Um, in my twenties, the first place I rented, you know, they probably said you have to have renters insurance. So I got renters insurance. But then, as you get older, you're starting to get disability insurance and health insurance and homeowners insurance. Um, so I protect my assets. My home is something I have insurance on, just in case it burns down. My health is something I have insurance on, just in case I get, you know, trip and smack my brain. You know, do you see where it goes? Interesting. Live simply. Your 20s were, to, I'm not going to say were your times to be arrested, but maybe. Um, but it, when you start making some smaller sacrifices in your 30s on your, maybe your budget, um, my neighbor has a BMW and he polishes it outside. It's like a bad commercial. I'm living in a bad commercial. My neighbor has a BMW and he's polished. And I, no, I don't want a BMW, but a lot of people do. Um, and that's where you get into trouble because you make purchases you don't need. And then you also sometimes will, you know, add, slow down your, your investment cycle because you're putting it into a car in your thirties, do something very, very mature and get a will. Uh, even if you write something down on a napkin and sign it, I'm better with that because it's not that you have a will. It's just starting to think about this. People die. If you have children, you want to designate a guardian for them. Um, I can't tell you how many people die without wills, like Prince. Right? How could that happen? I think Aretha Franklin, but she might be alive. Um, but a lot of people die without wills, and it's 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 sad and crazy. Kurt Cobain didn't have a lot of financial planning done, right? So. You just kind of want to start thinking about death and thinking about what assets you have and who they should go to. In your 30s, you want to get term life insurance. Um, it's really, really affordable. You can get you know, 20-year term life policy for $500,000 for 250 bucks a year. Uh, there's a very good chance you're not going to die in the next 20 years in your 30s, so you're not going to die before you're 50, but your financial obligations are probably going to be at their highest term life the only life insurance i get i'm more and more charitable i wish i would have been more charitable at, at a younger age I, I i hate networking i wish i would have networked at a younger age but being charitable is a good thing to you do. Know, it just again shows you volunteering your time for causes you believe in um you could be a little cash-strapped, so you don't have to throw money in that direction. You could throw time, if you know what I'm saying. Anyway, that's what you do in your 30s. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial, trying to get you to investing, trying to get you through uh, retirement, trying to get you to you know, good markets, bad markets, up markets, down markets. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves, weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW, and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW. Welcome back in, Rob Black and Your Money show dedicated to getting you to retirement. Best thing you can do is start sooner rather than later. Take advantage of 401ks, 403ps, four fifty seven k four fifty sevens. Start sooner rather than later, and uh, increase your amount that you're saving each and every month. And We'll figure out the choices together. A good place to start is the overall market. Talking about the overall market on a regular basis with me is the one and the only, Patrick O'Hare from Briefing.com. How are you, Mr. O'Hare?
2: Hey, good morning, Rob. It's good to be back with you. I'm doing okay.
1: Yeah. Um, let's talk these current markets. Um, I can't figure out how to start market commentary. It seems like on an everyday basis. Is Trump liking China or is China not liking Trump or is China liking Trump? It feels like this is a tough market for me to get a day-by-day vibe on, but longer term, it feels kind of like a weak bull market. Where do you approach that kind of – how would you respond to that in a bar if I were to throw that at you?
2: Right. Well, <clears throat> I'd respond, I think, in saying that you know no one person is wise enough to really uh, interpret uh, the market, but okay. but it's the market itself that you uh, that you listen to, and and what the message of the market is right now is it's certainly buying into the idea that it likes uh, what is likely to unfold with U.S.-China trade negotiations, and and it likes uh, you know a path that can go one of two ways. It's been responding to the idea that either there is going to be a real trade deal that gets done, uh, which addresses those structural issues that uh, have been at the heart of the trade deal, or the other path is simply that uh, some deal will be worked out that um, uh, averts a worst-case scenario from unfolding, that being the imposition of uh, higher tariff rates uh, for imported Chinese goods that then get, you know, where you then see a retaliation. And so, um, you know, so the market has been trading up, you know, throughout this early part of 2019 on this notion that you're going to get some type of positive trade resolution, but it's been, um, you know, that positive outlook has been uh, supplemented, of course, by uh, the market's really uh, very strong reaction to the understanding that the Fed is backing out of the picture for the time being, and uh, have have seen a, uh, you know, drop in market rates, and that's helped kind of fuel this uh, resurrection of the bull market here in 2019.
1: All... Good content. What do you think we're looking for um, as we kind of come out of the first quarter of 2019? Um, we're not quite done. You know, we still have March to go, but there seems to be a little bit of weakness in housing prices. A little bit of weakness in confidence. Not confidence. Confidence was up a little bit, but there seems to be a little bit of, um, I'd say, reality of, of things are a little bit slower psychologically. Mm -hmm. But that may not even last for. I'll I'll just keep my mouth shut and and see where you take this.
2: Well, you know, I think what the market is is looking for coming out of the first quarter is 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 what. It's kind of really what the Federal Reserve is looking for. You know, they're looking for data that, um, you know, substantiates a a more positive outlook. You know, the Fed, uh, while it's uh, saying it will remain patient and that, you know, downside risks have increased, the Fed isn't necessarily backing away from its uh, view that the U.S. economy is going to evolve in a favorable manner such that they can raise interest rates again before the end of the year. And um, so so I think what the market is, is going to be looking for, for out of the first quarter that has been, you know, uh, fueled in large part by a very strong psychological bias, you know, that things are going to be okay. Uh, we now see, need to see that validated in the actual data. And, um, you know, what's interesting right now is, is that, uh, you know, I think today is a bit of a microcosm of, of sort of how the market has, has behaved, um, you know, more psychologically in, in many respects throughout the the first quarter, because you know you had a uh, housing starts report for December that was really not good at all, right? And and this data is what is called hard data, right? It's actual data. Uh, whereas uh, and when that report came out, you saw the futures market sort of deteriorate further this morning, right? Uh, then you saw the consumer confidence number uh, really surprise on the upside. This confidence number is what's known as soft data. In other words, it's just generated by people's feelings about things, uh, not necessarily, uh, you know, quantifiable um, uh, economic output or anything. Uh, Like that, and yet the market, when it got that number, turned around and rebounded. So, uh, so it kind of gave the sense that you know the market is is still clinging, you know, somewhat desperately, if you will, to to this notion that everything is going to be okay. Um, And so, I think it will then have to start seeing that view validated here. In you know, as we move into the um, into the second. the issues that are starting to creep in from foreign shores as opposed to being pulled down by them
1: all good and interesting topics let's try to go a little bit more light if we can um i'm always shocked to see elon musk in the news actually i guess i'm not shocked right but <laughs> one of the say. one of the things he did was he doesn't like the sec and he fights the sec and I don't know. That seems as an investor that I'm not an investor in Tesla, but as an investor that would scare me away is like, I'd rather him talk about great things his car does than how stupid the SEC is for monitoring his tweets. But I also don't like a guy tweeting randomly because I want the information consistent. And I don't know. What are your thoughts on, on the mess that Elon Musk has created for himself in the last couple of years?
2: Well, you know, when we both kind of chuckled at the idea that it's not a surprise that he's doing this, I think that that right. uh, also fits with the notion, you know, where you look where the stock has, you know, recovered to, and, and what the market knows about this individual. You know, he's he's a renegade in, some, in many respects, and uh, and also touted as a visionary. Um, so there's a lot of people who kind of love this approach uh, to uh, it's a somewhat combative approach, uh, and it certainly hasn't. Um, uh, undercut the stock to any lasting degree. And so there's still a lot of faith in the idea that Tesla as a company is going to really, you know, set the bar and, 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 and um, you know, and live up to a lot of the expectations and promises that are embedded in that, you know, highly valued stock. So, um, y- you know, it becomes, it's interesting theater, of course, um, but, you know, until you see, uh, I think the, the stock price, you know, um, Either can either you know tank with, with financials, or or you know at the same time you know rise with the, an improving financial picture. Um, you know the market is, is sort of going to kind of I think divorce itself from some of these tweets we're getting from Mr. Musk, and, and just you know remain focused on on whether the company is living up to um, to the promises and expectations of what uh, he and others are, are you know subscribing to right now
1: all good stuff as far as uh commentary goes it's interesting to watch tesla because i'm it's, the company's like 10 miles from me so i kind of get that bird's eye view um which i don't think helps or hurts my opinion um other than to say that like um teslas are like the palo alto prius they've become a little bit too standard out here I mean, how about in chicago or tesla's a thing there or is it just too cold
2: no, it's not too cold. I think it kind of probably you know depends on the neighborhood you're driving through, uh, where you you know see you know lots of Teslas or not many at all. But um, I, I would say probably proportionally, you guys uh, have um, you know just about every other market outnumbered <laughs> in terms of Teslas that might be driving around.
1: It's pretty ludicrous, all things considered. Um, changing topics to Home Depot, we saw in your page one column at briefing dot com this morning about the weak earnings guidance is that a housing market flag is that just a company specific thing do you think um without doing a lot of research on the company individually do you have a do you have a feel for it
2: you know i think it's just prudent Financial management, frankly, uh, you know, Home Depot has great management, and I think that they want to, you know, uh, maintain a more conservative line and, and, and kind of that, you know, set expectations on the lower side, and then you know, leap above them when the when the actual numbers come out. But you know, uh, um, you're right. I don't follow Home Depot specifically, um, but they did, you know, make an important point on their conference call. Really, is is that uh, you know, there's I think over over 40% or so of our homes are more than, you know, 30 years old. And, um, you know, and, and they're going to, you know, certainly need a lot of upgrading, and, and that benefits companies certainly like Home Depot. And so, um you know, and I think they're still forecasting same store sales growth in the neighborhood of five percent. So, you know, so that's still pretty darn good. And, and, and you know, I think what you have here is you know a knee jerk reaction to a number that you know fell below what headline expectations were. But um, you know, there's, there are signs of a slowdown in the housing market, um, but. When when you're not turning over homes, or you know, uh, and and people are staying in their homes longer, then uh, the default tends to be to find ways to improve those homes. And and again, that you know fits into the strength of a company like Home Depot. So, not overly alarmed by what we heard out of them this morning, especially knowing that they were up against tough comparisons and, and. You know, and knowing that uh, you still do have a pretty good labor market, you know, rising wages, low interest rates, you know, and it's still those are all stabilizing factors, at least for for the housing market, even if it might not be growing um, by leaps and bounds.
1: Thanks very much. We have less than a minute. So I'll just give you a nice plug and let you go do your work. Thanks again. It's Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com. You can find him at briefing.com. He does an article to start the day called Page One, but I don't really want to just talk about him. I want to tell say the whole website's pretty fantastic. Um, they've got live and play, breaking news of the day. Anytime a company reports earnings, they, they follow up with the data points from the earnings call plus the analyst uh, upgrades or downgrades the next day. Um, they talk about bonds, which don't really interest me and would be a horrible radio show. They give market summaries. They give earnings calendars. A lot going on at briefing.com. You can find out more by going to briefing.com. Com. You can learn more about me by going to robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. The more the debt, the less the party. The party doesn't look all that great for Miley Cyrus and the younger generation. Debt amongst 19 to 29-year-old Americans exceeded $1 trillion at the end of last year. And then that Miley Cyrus song, It's my party and we can do what we want. Or, It's our party and we can tell what we want. It's kind of annoying, yes, but it's also an indictment on the truth. It's not pretty out there. That can play a role in how you spend your life and how you go on vacations. I have a friend that works basically every day of his life. And uh, his wife stays at home and you can't do that in the Bay Area. Or you have no vacation. Like He can't even go a nap or... or Sonoma and have like a glass of wine, and that's one of the reasons like you spend so much money to live here is so that you can do that kind of stuff and go to the beach and go to Tahoe and you know six hours from L.A., which is far enough away that you could kind of enjoy it still. But debt's big. We reduce our party. We delay our marriages. We we work off our educational debt. We maybe sometimes work two three jobs. So policymakers realize this: lower spending limits. You know, equals uh, lower growth when you're servicing debt. And our country services debt. Everyone, I'm not going to say everyone services debt. But you service the debt when you're supposed to. New mortgages aren't the problem. It's student loan debt for millennials. So it's all out there. Nothing terribly shocking, but it's a negative down the road. Home prices in the U.S., Cities rose by the least in four years. Um, that's not positive or negative to me because I look at the trend and it's been a pretty good 3, four, five, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years kind of thing. And you take it in that kind of perspective. Apple is going to be testing a sleep monitor. I know you're saying, please don't go there. Apple's testing a sleep monitor for a future version of a smartwatch. It's trying to get more and more into the health and fitness tracking market, and uh, they bought a company back in 2018 that was in it, and Fitbit has kind of done a lot of sleep stuff already, so you can kind of see where it's going, um, but the heart AFib monitor, um, blood sugar monitors, I mean, what a holy grail that would be for a watch, right? America's fat, America's old. Old and fat typically equals diabetes. Elsewhere out there, um, pharmaceutical executives are offering sen- senators ideas on how to lower drug costs, except for actually cutting prices. <laughs> and the big guys, when you see this, they're, they're all publicly traded. AbbVie, AstraZeneca, bristol myers Squibb, Johnson Johnson, Merck, Pfizer, Sanofi. They're all testifying right now to the Senate Finance Committee, and they're all saying we'd like to lower prices, but we don't want to lower list prices. High drug prices have become a rare bipartisan issue, with lawmakers on both sides of the aisle demanding a change, because old people vote. Put it quite bluntly, young people don't, old people do. I know, I know, that's changing, but um, executives are championing their companies, and they say, you know, we save lives, and you know, patients benefit from what we give them and they're saying it's not our fault it's the middleman's fault it's not the patient's fault it's the middleman pharmacy benefits managers and discounts that they get from large deals from the big pharmaceutical companies that they don't pass on to patients they just you know put it in their pocket that's what they're saying a lot of finger pointing a lot of finger pointing a lot of backstabbing in news there's a lot of backstabbing and finger pointing i'll cut your finger off if you pointed at me now you're saying you grew up in a tough 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 childhood didn't you it wasn't that tough um, but yeah, so there's a rebate system and both parties are kind of getting tired of the pharmaceutical industry saying, uh, we don't know what to do. Look over there. It's Elvis Presley. Look, look, look. Elsewhere, an appeals court upheld the decision allowing at t to buy Time Warner. We are getting close to Game of Thrones. And then that brings up the question of how many people cut cable? Does HBO have something that that's all that in a bucket of chicken past Game of Thrones? Is Westworld enough to keep you paying... 10 bucks 12 bucks 15 bucks a month when it doesn't come out and for another you know year or whatever it is what is the magical draw of hbo what does it have a magical draw is it the anti-netflix is that what you like so that's all out there today okay 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air the market's been trending well this year after a rough end of 2018, I like at the end of the year to look at my 401k and say, how does it feel? Now, last year, how does the balance feel? How does the chemistry feel? Last year, we had a bad end of 2018 where the monkey was hitting the master with a stick. And it felt wrong to do your rebalance in January after such a big whoosh down. So now that you had got to whoosh up, look at it. You don't have to do anything. Just look at it. Figure out if now is the time or not. Warren Buffett said... On CNBC with Becky Quick. I would buy the S&P 500 in a second. He says if you're looking for a 10-year time frame, he would do it in a second. I like that. Grandpa Warren, you're still a man. Call him Bitcoin a delusion. I love you. He's the best grandpa ever. The grandpa of the market, Warren Buffet. I could eat at his buffet all day long. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me at line at robblackshow.com. Big seminar coming up. Learn more at robblackshow.com and use the code radio25 to get in for free.